0: Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Cynthia, I appreciate you guys so much. Hey, uh, while i I, I, I was just thinking about this as I saw that video about Ukraine. Just to tell you a little bit about that. Uh, it's called Convoy of Hope. That's the organization. And that is a Christian organization that I and our church are actually affiliated with. What they do is they, they do, they do um, all types of work really uh, around the world. A lot of it is disaster relief. Some of it is ministry in local communities. But, but one of the things I really like about Convoy of Hope is it's gospel-centered. And so they're not just handing out stuff to people, but they make sure the gospel gets out as well. Plus, they work through local churches with their work. So uh, I, I, I just remember I asked the guys right before church, hey, and be sure and add the, the Ukraine Convoy of Hope uh, to our giving app, and so if you wanted to give toward that, I know they gave you a way to give, but if you missed it, we put it on the app for you. So, so if you give to that by t- when, as soon as we get our offerings processed tomorrow morning, we will send that immediately to Convoy of Hope to help them with their work in Ukraine. So you just what you do is when you get into the app, you just scroll down to where it says you know how do you want to give. You just say uh, the last ties and offerings or T-shirts, all kinds of stuff. Which, it, uh, but but it has all kinds of things on there. But you'll see one that says Ukraine, and it says Convoy of Hope, and that's where I encourage you to give, and I just remembered that I was walking up, so I brought my phone up here and started doing it, and while he was praying, I was able to take my phone back and everything. I, I, I was multitasking while you were praying, but I was receiving your prayers, and I was listening, and I was agreeing with it all, all right? Well, I also want to thank you guys for being here today, because I believe God has a good word for us, so get your Bibles open to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 9, verse 18, Matthew 9, 18. While you're turning there, I just want to thank a few people who came out yesterday and spent half the day doing all kinds of stuff around here. Whether you can tell it or not, all types of stuff was done. All kinds of stuff was done yesterday. So I just want to thank uh, Andres Acuna. Anthony Miller, Darius Miller, uh, Ian Woody, TJ Hoverman, Sailor Clark, uh, Shauna Miller, Jake Nunn, Hunter Pettigon, Jasmine Pettigon, Ari Miller, L.A. Miller, Savannah Petters. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys so much. Thank you guys for coming out yesterday and working hard, you know, sweating, working hard. Uh, but today, at the close, uh, at really, as, as we begin to wrap up, right after the sermon part, I want to pray and believe God for uh, miracles. I, I, I want to. I wo- and, and and But I, b- I believe this, and I want you to hear me well. Miracles don't just happen in this setting. Now, I'm going to believe. I have been believing for them today. Our elders have been praying and asking God for miracles in this setting today. But I also believe that miracles happen in the community. They happen in your home. In fact, most miracles happen, like, out there. not in here. So this is a place where there's a concentration of faith. There's a concentration of the power of God, but miracles happen everywhere. And I want you to receive that and think about that today. My desire today for you is to cultivate an expectation for miracles. I, I want you to cultivate an expectation for miracles to simply be commonplace. And it's about engaging the supernatural power of God. I just want you to believe God for that, all right? So my, my sermon title is Miracles Await. Miracles Await. Now, as I was choosing and selecting that term miracles, I selected the term miracles because it's actually a very broad term. It it, it means that you're engaging the supernatural of God, and that's being released to mankind, and something miraculous comes out of it. And and I was just thinking of some various categories of miracles, and that's what I want you to do as well. I want you to think broad here, like how might God work miracles in and through your life? But some of the broad natures uh, of miracles are like miracles that happen in nature. uh, Miracles of supply and provision. Miracles of healing. Miracles of deliverance from demonic powers. Miracles of of prophecy and revelation. Miracles of salvation which has already happened in the room today. But miracles are there and miracles await every one of us. There are quite often though some barriers that keep people from receiving miracles. And, And I'm going to talk about some of those things today so that we can kind of punch through. It's just like, you, you, we, we just need to punch through. See, because the working of miracles is part of the very nature of God. It's just who He is. It's It's God. I mean you as a human being you have the nature to reason and to and to choose and to have emotion and you absorb things through your through your mind and through your senses and you make analyses and and you communicate that's just our nature that's who we are psalm chapter 77 verse 14 tells us that that god Just simply performs miracles. It's who he is. It's what he does. God loves to display his power. He wants to put it on display for you. It's part of the nature of God. And he desires to work miracles for you, for me, for every single one of us. There are not more special people in this room to receive miracles than others. Do you hear me? Because it's the nature of God to perform those miracles. So I believe and i believe this based upon god's word is that we should actively pray for miracles we need to pray for miracles it needs to be part of just simply what we do uh Earlier, someone up here talked about prayer, can't remember who it was, but prayer is just conversing with and communicating with God, and, and that's simply what it is, it's about having a conversation with God, engaging Him, and talking to Him, asking Him things, and, and, and telling Him He's wonderful, but one of the things we should do, in fact, we do this at the beginning of every service, it doesn't, it's not on the live stream, but, but we do this before the service begins, is we pray for miracles, someone comes up here, one of our elders comes up here every single service. And this is, some of you aren't here yet, but if you get here five minutes early, you'll be a part of a prayer gathering where we are praying for certain things to happen. We're expecting miracles. We pray for miracles. In fact, we start praying for miracles as a congregation, really as a, as a leadership team early in the morning, 7.30 in the morning. A uh, team comes in and we start listing the things we're expecting God for, the miracles that we want to see, see God do. So we begin praying for miracles. In that. But, but it's not just a church Sunday thing praying for miracles is a regular thing. In fact, you should do it in your small groups. You need to do it in your business. Now, some of you, you may be running a business and your builds of businesses having a tough time. Begin to pray for miracles. Just just talk to God. In Acts chapter uh, Acts chapter 4 verse 30, it's really interesting because God's people came to pray, and when they came together, they were praying and praying and they said, "God, we want miracles. We want you to heal the sick. We want you to perform signs and wonders. God, do incredible things. And, and even as they were praying, the, the Bible says the place was even shaken. <laughs> it was like an earthquake happened because the presence of God was so strong as they were asking God for miracles. And I, I think we should do that. In fact, again, in, uh, in our service coming up here in a couple of weeks, which we're calling In His Presence, uh, that's, that's going to be a special time on that Sunday evening, 14 days from now. We're going to pray. We're going to expect miracles to happen here in your life and through your life as well. But miracles are not just for us. You now, I, I, I like to receive miracles, and I think everyone does. In fact, no, I know everyone does. <laughs> But miracles are not just for us, but they are a testimony of God's power and God's love so that when people see it and they hear the stories of your miracles, they are, they, they are encouraged. In fact, ultimately, it draws people to God. The, the, there's a gospel of John, John in the, in the uh, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all right? That's the fourth gospel. In the gospel of John, the very last words that are there speaks about how all the miracles and things that Jesus did that, that John wrote about, he just like, you know, this is just a fraction of what Jesus actually did on this earth. But he says, I'm telling you this so that you'll have faith, to faith in God, and that you'll actually begin to lean into him, and that salvation will come into your own life. And, and I want that for you. The miracles even that I'm going to be talking about today, we're we're going to read through a passage of Scripture in the life of Jesus, kind of like a typical day in the life of Jesus. And I like the way Matthew did this. It's just like, and then this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. It was like a little snapshot of a day of miracles. But but I, I love it because the miracles just seem to be, they were supernatural, but they also just seem to be commonplace. It's just like what happens when people get around God. I believe that. I believe that. But the purpose in Jesus doing the miracles was not just to heal, not just to deliver, or not just to help the person. I mean, it is, but it's also to make His glory known so that people will see Him and say, I want Him, I need Jesus in my life, and then people are rescued for eternity. Because here's the truth. A person can receive a miracle in this life. It could be a financial miracle, it could be a miracle of healing, and that's wonderful, whatever the miracle is, and I celebrate those miracles. But if a person doesn't give their life to Christ what's the value of the miracle long term? Because life is short. Life is is brief. So I'm talking about this today. I'm I'm talking about, um, I've gone through this passage and I've extracted some attitudes and some actions that I believe we should have if we're going to participate in miracles and if we're going to receive miracles. So you have your Bibles open, Matthew chapter 9, verse 18. And uh, we're going to go look through these miracles what you're what you're going to see here are four back-to-back miracles just in an ordinary day in the life of jesus and we're going to read through this passage and then i'm going to extract some principles keys for miracles and then we're going to pray for miracles in this room all right let's let's read together matthew 9 18 it says while he jesus was saying this a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said my daughter has just died but come and put your hand on her and she will live Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. So they're on their way, okay? Just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her, take heart, daughter. He said, your faith has healed you. The woman was healed at that very moment. And when Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house, so one person's healed, now here's the next one. The first one, they started the story. The lady interrupted. So that's probably, I'm sure that's what it was like as Jesus was simply going through his life. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and the people playing pipes, what they were doing is they were doing this mourning. They were doing this loud mourning, which was a part of their culture at that time. When a person died, they would play these instruments and like weeping and crying crying jesus said go away the girl is not dead but asleep and all of a sudden their attitude changed but they laughed at him after the crowd had been put outside he went in and took the girl by the hand and she got up news of this spread throughout all that region and as jesus went on from there two blind men followed him calling out have mercy on us son of david when he had gone indoors the blind men came to him I don't know how they did that but they did they're blind and he asked them do you believe that i'm able to do this yes lord they replied then he touched their eyes and said according to your faith let it be done to you and their sight was restored Jesus warned them sternly, see that nobody knows about this. But they went out and spread the news about him throughout the region. Now, I want to just pause real quick so you don't, that doesn't baffle you too much. The reason Jesus did that is because it was early in his ministry. He knew the religious people were going to get upset if he was working miracles. And it wasn't time for him to, to die yet. And so it, this is not, again, this, there's not the, uh, the notion in here that we shouldn't tell people that God has worked miracles for us, okay? It was a very specific situation at a specific time. While they were going out, a man who was demon-possessed and could not talk was brought to Jesus. So now we have, we have a person who's died. We've had a, a person who was, had, had an infirmity. They were, they were sick in their body. Another person was blind. Now a person who can't talk, okay? So a man who was demon-possessed and could not talk was brought to Jesus. When the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. And the crowd was amazed and said, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, well, it's by the prince of demons that he drives out demons. Okay. A crazy day in the life of Jesus. It, would, would it have been awesome to have been one of the disciples just kind of like, okay, what's next? Uh, we don't know what's going to go on. What's, what's, what's happening next here? That definitely would have been the case. I, I, I would have been kind of wore out at the end of a day. It's like, I don't know, like, I don't know, I just, what's going to happen next? Okay, someone touches him, oh, then someone says, come touch me, oh, okay, okay, blind me, I'm like walking up to him, I don't know how all that happens, but I want us to take away some principles from this, and I have several here, and I just want you to jot these down as quickly as possible, as quickly as possible. First of all, miracles await those who are humble. Humility is critical for miracles pride will always hold you back when it comes to miracles because you will tend to say i don't want to look stupid i don't want people to say things about me i don't want people to think things about me and as a result you may not get your miracle you got to break pride in your life verse chapter uh, chapter 9 verse 18 it says the synagogue leader came and knelt before him now that's the first thing that I saw here, because that was actually a great religious leader. He didn't kneel in front of anyone, okay? And, 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 and it, it, was, it was interesting because at that time, the religious leaders, they were not all for Jesus. In fact, you saw that at the very end, what the Pharisees said. They were not all for Jesus. So if a religious leader is going to come down and get on his knees before Jesus, while all the other religious leaders are saying he's a fraud, that was a huge act of humility. So I want to encourage you, crush your pride. Crush your pride. Humble yourself before God and he'll lift you up. All right, here's the second one. Miracles await the desperate. Desperate. I did a word study in that word desperate and it means to have an urgent need or an urgent desire. So, think about this. What do you urgently need? Now, needs and desires. What do you urgently need? What do you urgently desire? In other words, what are you desperate for? Catch the desperation here in Matthew 9:21. It says the woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. All right. <laughs> she had an urgent need and she was desperate. She'd been sick for night for for uh, what was it? 12 years. 12 years, and there, nobody had been able to find a healing for her. In fact, it talks about that in the other Gospels. Nobody could figure out how the woman could be healed. but so, so she was desperate, and she pressed in, and she touched Jesus, and the miracle happened. Desperation drives us to miracles. If you're desperate, you'll get it. Again, we are a culture where we'll, we don't want to act desperate at all. And I'll tell you, that lack of desperation prevents <sighs> miracles, and I don't want it to happen to you, all right? Here's the next one. Miracles await those with resolute faith. Resolute faith. It's the attitude of, I'm going to keep pressing through until I get that miracle. The woman with, with, the, with the bleeding, she had this determination She had determination. I am determined to touch his cloak. And I like that because she moved past thinking. A lot of times with miracles, we think about how we want the miracle. We think about it. She could have been sitting at home thinking about how she wanted this miracle in her life. But if she didn't do anything, if she didn't have determination, nothing would have happened why it says in verse 22 it says the woman uh, she said to herself if I can touch his cloak I will be healed so she had this determination to do so and here's what i think is interesting because as i was studying this i found that there was something else that began to happen after that her determination to receive a miracle for herself just to touch his cloak that actually started a ripple effect throughout the region because over in the book of mark in mark chapter 6 verse uh, 56 this later became a faith tool for people people were desperate just to touch his cloak and when people touched his cloak they started getting healed one desperate person started a landslide of miracles. Isn't that awesome? It's just this attitude. I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to press through. I'm not going to give up. I don't care. I'm not going to give up. I, I love it because in, uh, in the other places, it talks how she had seen doctor after doctor after doctor. She had consultation after consultation after consultation. Nothing helped. But she was not going to give up. Not that. Some of you need to be determined. You've been praying or expecting something for years and years and years. Don't give up. You know the story of WD-40. Do you know the the story? Well, I'll tell you the story because you know I'm going to tell it to you if I ask you if you know it because most people are like, well, I don't study that. Well, you should. WD-40. The WD means water displacement. That's what it means. The number 40 meant that that was their 40th attempt at coming up with a formula. It was in the early 1950s, and there was this company called the Rocket Chemical Company, and they were trying to figure out a way to protect the skin of the Atlas missile because they didn't want rust and corrosion on it. So how in the world were they going to do that? And they kept trying and trying and trying and trying, and they finally came up with this WD-40. They they just called it water displacement number 40 is what they called it. And then they shrunk it down a little bit. Okay, this works for our missiles. Well, the employees started liking this stuff, and they started sneaking WD-40 out and using it at home. And they found all of these uses for it. They did, they did. The owner found out about it, and like, well, you know, you guys are going to have to start paying for this stuff you're taking home. Like, okay, okay, okay. But but they made it then. It, it was four years later, and finally in uh, 1958, it became a consumer product. They began selling on the shelves, here's a statistic that's cool, today, four out of five American homes have WD-40 somewhere in their house, just like me, and probably, you probably have multiple cans all over the place, because you know when you need it, you need it, you need it, you need it. I I was looking it up the other day, and it says they have come up with 2,000 different uses for WD-40. And uh, I started reading through. I was like, "Okay, I'll be doing this the rest of the day. I gotta stop. I gotta stop." But you see, their desperation to get this job done, their desperation, not only paid off for them to have a solution for this Atlas missile, which doesn't even exist anymore. No, it became something that affects all of us today. I love that, don't you? Miracles. Okay, miracles await those who take heart. Those who take heart. In other words, please don't be walking around down in despair. I know we all hit moments of despair. We all hit times of despair. But if we're always walking around, moping, I tell you, you're not opening the door for miracles. You're really closing the door for miracles. Take heart. Take heart. Lift up your head. To be honest with you, in, in my years of ministry, I have never seen a grouchy person get a miracle. I don't know why. I, I, I'm not, I, and I, believe me trust me i'm not giving you formulas here because i don't believe in formulas but i believe that there are uh, there there are triggers and there are keys and and there are also barriers and so we need to understand these things but but i don't know why but i've never seen like a, just a grouchy negative grumbly person I've, I've never seen them get a miracle i really haven't see in 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 uh, chapter nine verse 22 he tells the lady he says take heart daughter take heart, daughter. And what that word means, take those words, take heart. It's actually one word in the Greek language, which means to be of good cheer. Cheer up. Cheer up. Be full of cheer. Be full of cheer. Because when you do that, you receive the miracle. In 1 Samuel chapter number 30, David had come back to his camp and he was devastated, and his family had been taken, and all their goods and possessions, everything had been taken. It was a miserable time. You need to read 1 Samuel 30 on your own. It's an incredible miracle story. And everybody was crying and moping, and they had just come back from a victory, and all of a sudden now everything's upside down, so it's like, well, what happens when things don't go good? You kill the leader. So everybody's saying, well, let's just kill David. Let's just kill him. Let's get rid of him, because obviously it's his fault that, that all this happened. But And so David's kind of in a desperate situation, and he's crying and everything, but at a certain point he goes, i got to stop this because we're not going to have a miracle unless i I snap out of this and now he had he had every right to be sad and down and depressed i mean he lost his family he lost everything and they're trying to kill him but he the bible says he encouraged himself in the lord he got encouraged he got encouraged he encouraged himself and then rose up and said let's go and the power of god came on them the miracle happened read the story on your own but, but I love this because also we see in Matthew chapter 6, I see a parallel to this because Jesus actually says that the people with the sad, sad countenances, those who walk around with sad countenances, those people, he called them, huh, you ready? He, he, he called them something. Hypocrites. He called them hypocrites. Hypocrites. Now, I know that some people will say, well, people in church are hypocrites because they're always just acting so happy, but their lives are not happy. Actually, that's not hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is this, well, life stinks. Well, good morning. Good to see you in church. Uh, I'm here. How how, are you doing? Well, I'm I'm alive, I guess. I don't know. You keep living like that. If you're a Christian, you are a hypocrite. Did you know that? You are. You are. So just... I don't know. I'm not saying that any of you are because I I know none of you would do that. I don't think. I I just don't see it. But just in case, just in case, it's not hypocrisy to be full of the joy of the Lord. It's hypocrisy to be mumbly and grumbly and acting like a grouch pouch. All right? So here's the next one Miracles await people who stay away from agents of doubt. Okay, these are people that are just doubters. don't just don't entertain them many years ago it's probably about 20 years ago or more, I was preaching at the church I was pastoring in Missouri. It was a wonderful, was a large church, and, and uh, I was preaching a series on miracles. And I had just finished my first sermon in the series. And after church, there was uh, there was there was a couple that came up to me at the front. I still remember the moment so vividly because I was shocked. I thought, "Okay, I just preached so good, and people are full of faith." And, and this couple walked up to me and just said, "We we have a problem with your with your sermon." This is a very nice couple, and you don't know them. Trust me, you don't. I'm not going to give their names, but you don't know them. But they, 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 they came up and they said, we, we have a problem with that sermon because we've never experienced miracles before. And I said, well, really? Well, okay, well, you can experience miracles. They said, no, but you don't understand. We believe that, that, you, cannot, that, that, that you, you cannot experience a miracle until a miracle has already, already happened to you. And I said, well, that's kinda, that doesn't even work. I mean, you can't believe for miracles and experience miracles until they happen. They said, yes. And here's what's even weirder. They lived in Missouri. Now, please understand, I'm a Texan. I'm, I'm a Texan. I'm a full-blooded Texan. But in Missouri, they have a state motto. It's called the show-me state, and which means you've got to prove it to me. I won't, I won't believe it till I see it. And so they quoted the state motto. They said, well, we're in Missouri, the show-me state, and we don't believe. We believe that, that... You know, until we've actually seen it happen in our lives, we can't believe for miracles. And I said, well, then you may never see a miracle. They said, no, it is the state motto. And I said, do you understand what you're saying? You're putting the state motto over the word of God. They're like, well, it's important. Like, okay, that's that's just nonsense. And I said, please understand. I was being nice to them. I said, faith is called faith for a reason. Because faith is believing in something you have no evidence for. There's none. And doubt, I mean, I just, and you know what? Doubt is called doubt for a reason. Because doubt means that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't care. It's just like, well, then you're going to have doubt. You're just, you're not going to have the miracles that you want. You're not believing. If you don't believe, you'll never see it. Because doubting is, I don't believe until I've seen the evidence. You see? That's why Missouri should be called the doubting state. Have y'all ever lived in Missouri? Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah I, and I'm not, I'm not hating on Missouri, but it's just, you guys know how they get really passionate about the show me state thing? Yeah, it's just like, like we get passionate about just Texas. I don't know, we don't, we're, just, we're just Texas. Alright, all right, all right. I, I do love Texas, alright. And those of you who left Missouri, you came to, to a wonderful land down here, alright. But stay away from the agents of doubt. Okay, I want to read to you this. In, in uh, chapter 23, uh, chapter 9, verse 23 through 25, it's, Jesus said, Go away to the doubters. The girl is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. And after the crowd, look at this, after the crowd had been put outside, put them outside, then he went in and took the girl by the hand and she got up. So remove yourself from an atmosphere of doubt or whatever that takes. here's the next one miracles await when we ignore scorn and mockery now people may mock you and people may scorn you and that comes with the territory these days but don't take it inside don't take it to heart and in verse 24 it says that they laughed at jesus they were like i mean they went from mourning and sorrow to like laughing and and i thought well what does that word laughing mean and laughing definitely i looked at i i went to the etymology and laughing meant laughing, but it meant a whole lot more. It actually meant to deride and to mock and to scorn. <laughs> so when, when the mockery and derision and scorn come, you, comes your way because you're believing for a miracle that it hasn't even happened yet, you've got to be able to turn that off and ignore that because that's a tool from hell to keep you from receiving your miracle. All right, here's the next one. Miracles await when we ask God Ask God for his compassion. It's not just asking God for the miracle, but there is something about asking God for his compassion. And this isn't preached about a lot, but I believe this. You need to request the compassion of God. Verbally ask for it. In uh, verse 27, it says the two blind men followed out and said, have mercy on us. Have mercy. That word mercy meant have compassion. It means actually it didn't just have, it meant release your compassion on us. Release it to us. And and I I think it's critical that we ask God, God, have mercy. I need your mercy. I need your compassion. Will you have compassion on me and work a miracle? And that's part of the humility process as well. In fact, I... uh, if there's any book of the Bible that I have I feel like I have come close to mastering it would be the book of, of Matthew because I've studied it word by word all the way through and it's, it's my favorite of the of the four Gospels but one thing that I found as I was studying through the book of Matthew is that when Jesus worked his greatest miracles it says every time when he's getting ready to work one of these miracles that he was moved with compassion compassion and I love it here that, this, that, that in this case, the blind men, they called upon the compassion of God. God, release your compassion on us. I love it. All right, here's the next one. Miracles await when we articulate our faith, when we articulate it. See, something happens when you verbally express your faith. Uh, I, I believe that, that verbal prayers with faith greatly excel thinking about something. I, I really do. Again, in verse 28, he asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said, yes, Lord. Now, think about this. The blind men, they had already come to Jesus. He should have known. I mean, they were blind, I mean, they were blind. So they, they, they somehow get to Jesus and, and they're, they're wanting to, to be healed and then Jesus asks them, do you believe this? I mean, I might have said, well, what do you think I'm doing? I mean, I'm blind and I finally found myself to you and here I am. I mean, come on, Jesus, don't you know? He knows. He's waiting on you to verbally request it because I believe it releases something into the supernatural. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Here's the next one. Miracles await according to the degree of your faith. The degree of your faith. We have an oven at my house. Y'all have one of those? I know y'all do. But, but uh, I love it because we have a double-stacked oven. I always wanted one of those, and we have one in our house where you have one up on the top, one at the bottom. You can cook, 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 cook. And you get to set the temperature, and according to the temperature, you, you know, certain different things are going to happen. And I'm a guy, sometimes when nobody's around, I'll just crank that temperature up and like <laughs> cook stuff in there and just have a great time cranking the temp up because I want that maximum benefit. Right. There's, there's this one of our two chihuahuas kind of like knows when I'm getting ready to do that, and the chihuahua always gets scared because the chihuahua knows that a lot of times when I start pushing that little button, that the smoke alarms go off in, in the kitchen. And, uh, and so that one chihuahua usually hides like, oh, no, he's doing it again. He's doing it again. And uh, yes, it, it's true. That is, that is 100% true. But the truth is, is that miracles await according to the degree of your faith. There are different degrees of faith. And I I want mine to be max, max it, max it all the way, broiling faith. All right. And look at this. It says in in, uh, verse 29, it says, he touched their eyes and said, oh, this is beautiful. According to your faith, let it be done to you. Let it be done to you. I love it because obviously their faith was like they were wanting to be healed one hundred percent with twenty twenty vision. In fact, they didn't even know what twenty twenty vision was back then. They just knew they wanted to be healed. They wanted to see clear for the rest of their lives, and I believe that's what happened because it was according to their faith. It's kind of interesting because there's another example of this, a negative example. When Jesus was doing ministry in his hometown of Nazareth, the Bible says he could do very few miracles because the the degree of people's faith was so low in the town. Interesting, isn't it? All right, here's another one. Miracles await those who do not listen to the critics. Do not listen to the critics. You know, let the critics howl all they want. Let them make all the noise they want. Don't listen to them. And, and I encourage you If you're if you're ever tempted to do this or if you do this, stop reading the critical stuff that's out there on the internet about faith. Just stop reading it. Stop reading it. There's a lot of just just it's just it's just us time right here now, okay? Can we just have a pastor chat? Be careful to not become critical of people who have faith ministry, okay? Be careful of that. Because you don't know. You really don't know the truth. You just read a story and like, oh, that must be true. Because Billy Bob went to church there 19, 20 years ago. And he saw something in his ear. Who knows? He might have had a hearing aid. But just just drop it, okay? You don't know. You don't know. But one of the things that tears up the body of Christ more than anything else is a critical spirit that comes from the religious people about other religious people, which pulls down people's faith. Pulls down people's faith. I've, I've lived as a pastor. I've had people tell me this. This has happened more than any, any of these other things. I've had more people come and say, I just don't know about miracles because I read this article on the internet. Or I just don't know about that because I don't know if what, you, what you're doing is real. Like, are you, gonna, are, you, are you playing some game with me? Are you. So <laughs> You need to push that stuff away. Look at this Matthew chapter 9, verse 20 to 32. It says, A man who was demon possessed and could not talk was brought to Jesus, and the demon was driven out man who had been mute spoke. The proud crowd was amazed. Like, woo, look at this. Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees, the religious folks, and keep in mind, the Pharisees were not, these were not pastors. These were not shepherds. These were not synagogue leaders. These were not people. They were, they were like religious experts. They, these, were, these were business people who were religious experts, and they, but they were like the, the dudes. The dudes who were just smart about religion. That's, that's pretty much the way to put it and they said well it's by the prince of demons so they're saying he's using demonic spirits to actually drive out the demons so you see the spirit of criticism didn't come from the world the spirit of criticism actually came from other believers be careful when believers criticize believers be careful of that be careful of that especially in this generation because we're in a season we're in a time i'll be getting into some of this in my next series of messages where the enemy is using every strategy he can to divide and break up the body of Christ, and now is not the time to engage with any of that. All right, miracles happen. Miracles happen. And I say, well, has anybody in this church received a miracle? Yeah. and look just—if if you've ever received a miracle in your life, lift your hand. Come on, look around you. Look around you. Some you may have, you may not have yet, but put your hands down. Miracles. Are... Jake, will you grab me a microphone, please? Um, what I want is, Lena, I want you to. Lena, you're, just come on up here. Come on up here. I know I'm, I told you I might have you come up. I'm having you come up. Just come on over here. I'm not going to do anything to you, promise. I just hold the mic for you. But you've received a miracle. Because I know we prayed and we prayed and we prayed because you've had literally debilitating migraines 24-7. It's not just a, not a headache. You, some of you, if you've ever had a migraine, you know what it is. But can you imagine having him constantly, constantly? She's been to doctor after doctor after doctor, after doctor, tons of medicine, everything, and it's, it's been a crazy journey, but we've been praying. We've been believing for miracles. Your family's been believing for miracles. So tell us how you're doing.
1: Um, well, actually, I have when I went to the doctor on Over Wednesday close.
0: Oh
1: sorry. sorry <laughs> and I I was able to tell my doctor that I am on, like, almost no medicine at all. Um, I have, um, yeah. Uh, Jake, actually, uh, he was preaching a little message and was saying how you need to declare, um, and I did, and I believed, but by a certain day, I will have no more migraines, wow. And I haven't had that issue, and when I do, I just... I say, in Jesus' name, no. I ain't dealing with that.
0: Um, ain't and, got no time for that, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> no.
0: And so you went to your doctor, and you said, like, I'm not doing all this medicine anymore. Your doctor kind of, like, tripped out. Tell, yeah. tell us about that. Yeah.
1: Um, he he was saying how he's he's not a man of faith and how he doesn't understand. Um, and so he was asking questions about how I pray um, and what I say exactly um, and what I've done. And I was able to tell him, okay, I do devotionals. I do books. I read the Bible. I pray. I just pray. It doesn't matter how you pray. You just pray. Um, and so he was. He was asking tons of questions, and was I was able to. You know, and I was he, able to tell him. And
0: he about, was going to release you as as a. I was going to say a prisoner, but as a as a patient, <laughs> he was going to release you as a patient. But then said, no, no, no. I, I, this is amazing. I, I've got to. I've got to. Well, I've got to watch this. Is this something yeah. like that? Isn't that right?
1: Yeah. He, he, he was like, I, "I want you to come back one more time, and I just want to hear. I want to hear
0: more about this." Wow! Wow! Yes. Thank God! Come on, guys, give praise to God because this is this is like what I talked about at the beginning. The miracles are for you, yeah, but they're also for somebody else. Somebody else. God's opening the door of the heart of that doctor, yeah. God bless you. Thank you, Lena. God bless. Have a seat, Cynthia. I want you to come up here. Cynthia is is one of our elders here in the church, and and, and Cynthia was was up here just a few moments ago talking about all kinds of stuff. But uh, Cynthia, one of the really special things is God has brought healing to you. Last year was a crazy year for you. I know it was it was one of those off the charts years, so just about in every direction possible. But uh, and during last year, it was. You went through some tough stuff, and but God said healing to you, and it's the C word, it's, it's cancer. Tell us about it.
2: Yeah, so uh, it, it, last year was incredibly rough. It, it started early on. It was almost exactly a year ago. It was in February of last year uh, that uh, we had to make a drive, and my, my son happens to be here, and I, I didn't realize this was going to happen today, and so he's actually going to learn something for the first time in a little while here. Oh, wow. That uh, he was not aware of. Because uh,
0: in- I caught you at the door and said, maybe, <laughs> probably. That's you right, think that's like. right. And you <laughs> always say, sure.
2: This will, I guess, uh, no better time to share, right? Yeah. Uh, and so we, uh, he, he's, um, he goes to college at Stephen of Austin. He's uh, 21, he's a, a senior in engineering physics. Uh, and so we uh, learned some news uh, when he was off at college uh, last February. Uh, his father was diagnosed with a terminal illness. A very aggressive terminal illness, and so we made a drive to Nacogdoches together to share that news with Jared. And then, slightly less than a month after that, is when I was diagnosed with cancer. Yeah and it was and I'm gonna do because I'm, I'm a professor so I have to do a little bit of education if you don't mind okay uh, just a little bit I, it, it's a, a melanoma skin cancer and uh, mine was related to a lot of people think Sun right and they think that there's there's no chance that they're gonna ever get uh, skin cancer or melanoma if they're not in the Sun a lot trust me I'm not in the Sun I, 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 I I'm not a, I don't do that um, but mine was a mole so if you have moles be very, very aware. You need to watch, and I happened to learn this, and so it was kind of a blessing because I had worked at MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, and so I, I knew what to look for because I, I there was someone there that saw I had a lot of moles, and I would get them checked out, you know, on a routine basis, and she told me what to look for. So if you have moles, uh, please, please make sure you look for size change. Make sure you look for color change and make sure you look for shape change okay and just be mindful of that so i had noticed there was a spot so that's when i went in and got it checked out. and sure enough it was cancer it was on my heel uh so i ended up having a couple surgeries and also a skin graft and they removed a huge part of my heel but uh, it's, it's gone so it, it was taken care of so that was a blessing that it's gone
0: but even that recovery was rapid
2: it was uh, it, it, was, it was painful, but it was better than. In fact, there were things that, yeah, there were things about the recovery yeah. because the uh, the doctor thought that I was actually going to need to come back in again and have additional procedure and an additional second skin graft. And and, uh, and, and I, I told him in the in the office when he was before he even did the first one, he was saying, now this is a this is nine times out of ten, probably even more than that. You're going to require multiple. You'll be back. And I said, no, I won't. Yeah. And he said, he, and he kind of looked at me, and I said, said, no, just trust me, I, I won't. <laughs> I'm not going to be back. <laughs> so This is going to be taken care of, all good. Uh, and so he said, well, let's keep an eye on it. And so we went through the process and kept an eye on it. And so when that moment came, that deciding moment where he was going to, it was that appointment where he was going to make the go, no-go decision in terms of whether I was going to need more surgery, uh, he, he unwrapped it, he looked at it, and he just shook his head. And he said, uh, you're good to go. Congratulations. Wow. You were right. I, so, so that was wow. So yeah, that, that was amazing. Um, but going forward now, in, in, in time, uh, in October, uh, Jared's dad unfortunately passed away. And so uh, it was pretty aggressive from February to October he passed.
0: And the miracle also there is he gave his life to Jesus. We he gave his life his to Jesus it? so before beautiful. he... before yeah, we, yeah, just a few days prior. And a, Yeah, Pastor Tim the
2: was there to pray with him in his house uh, you know, before he we went into to hospice. And so that was, that was a, a wonderful thing. Thank you. Uh, he had just a sense of peace about him. Yes. But, uh, so just as before, it was within, you know, once he got his diagnosis, I got mine just shy of a, a month later now. Here's the part that Jared doesn't know. Sorry. Um, so within a month of his dad passing, I had another spot show up. Wow. And uh, this one was on my leg. And the first thing that went through my mind was, I am not going to tell my son that I've got cancer again. Not going to do it. And so I, I, very quickly, within a matter of seconds, my, my first response was, no. And then immediately after that, it was no. Yeah. And then immediately after that, it was in the name of Jesus, no.
0: Right, right, right. Right.
2: Uh-huh. And over the next, it was only about a week. Then after that, uh, it got worse. It got worse very, very, very rapidly, like nothing I'd ever seen before. And I'm, I'm praying and I'm still saying in the name of Jesus no and I'm, I'm not worrying about it I mean, I'm seeing this weird thing happen and, and the way that it was progressing I'm thinking no no I'm, I'm not going to have that conversation this is not going to happen no and so as it very rapidly got worse and of course there was the the size change there was the color change there was the shape change it was this time it was actually rising up and it was like like coming above the skin you know and, most of I me mean, I don't know about if you have moles but mine are all the surface level the skin this was rising up and what I realized what was happening it wasn't getting worse it was getting better I've never heard of this happen before I've never seen it happen before but it literally lifted off of my body and the mole completely, I don't know if any of you have ever had a mole that just went away, but I did. The mole lifted off my body and completely went away, is 100% healed, is
0: gone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is your so, healer. So, I didn't have to come and yeah. tell you. <laughs> so. What a great way to find out. And I know your mom was protecting you, but a lot of prayers lifted up at that faith, that faith, that faith, that faith. That faith.
2: And it's interesting because the, the key theme that I picked up in our two stories is also, you said, in Jesus' name, no. Yeah. And that was the exact same words that wow. I used. In Jesus' name,
0: no. Wow. 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 Take the microphone back down. Miracles await. Miracles await. What is it that's pressing in on you? It's like, in Jesus' name jesus name no that's a sermon title right there in jesus name no. thank you for tuning in to the city life podcast if you're interested in attending our sunday service or would like more information go to citylifefw.org